hello and welcome to GYSB Talks. Get your sexy back talks with host Carla Palmer. That's me. Welcome to another episode. This is the number one podcast for women 50 plus who want to elevate to their next level of optimal living. Here at GYSB Talks, we focus on a holistic approach to wellness, physically, mentally, financially, spiritually, emotionally, and in relationships. I am so happy and oh so grateful that you are here with us today and every week. Now, let's get into today's topic, shall we? Hello, and welcome everyone to another episode of GYSB Talks, Get Your Sexy Back Talks. I am your host, Carla Palmer, and today we are joined by Sherry Traxler. Am am I saying your name? You are right. I hope so. Okay, great. So you guys, Sherry Trexler, let me tell you a little bit about her. She is a national speaker for the Medical Fitness Association and the creator and leader of fitness episodes for Viacom Cable Network. She is also the author of Go Forward, 28 Days to Eat, Move, and Enjoy Life God's Way, and the host of the podcast, Real Wellness. For over 30 years, she's been helping women just like you and me switch to the lifestyle they want permanently. The key word here is permanently. And today we're going to be talking about finding your why, the key to living your best life. Sherry, I am so happy to have you here today on the podcast. I am thrilled. We were just talking before we went live on this, how much I admire what you do and what you stand for. I am loving being with with you today. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Today we're going to be uh, really focusing in on your why, and how the why is really the key, right, to achieving this permanent lifestyle of focusing on healthy living. Yes. So tell us a little bit about how you became a health coach. I will try to not take up our entire time just telling this story because it is fun to talk about because it involves my mama. Yeah. Um, okay. I, when I was little bitty, like kindergarten through third grade, my parents were very good and my mother especially about asking, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she noticed my bent toward anything that was kind of medical. And she was going, do you you want to be a nurse? Well, Carla, I told her, no, I don't want to be a nurse because in my mind, nurses just change bedpans. I was like, I am just, that is not my jam. I do not want to spend my life doing that. And yeah, yeah. And The other extreme, though, was then you could work with athletes, and I didn't really want to work with athletes. So what I wanted to do, frankly, didn't exist at that time. You know, we were talking in the mid-70s, and it it just wasn't around. But by the time I was a junior in high school, this thing called exercise physiology had popped up, and how I found out about it was actually in my mother's English class. I was went to a small school. She was my high school English teacher, and... We did these career paper things and did all this research and saw this thing called exercise physiology. And I was like, that is why I'm on this earth is to help people instead of like a nurse would do where, okay, somebody's sick and you're going to get them well. It's you're well, but you want to be even better. You want to be more productive. You want to get your sexy back. You want to, you know, it's like nothing's quote unquote wrong, but life isn't just where you want it to be and your health and your wellness and your energy aren't where they, where you want it to be. Maybe your body image, maybe your relationship with food. Cause I started dieting when I was nine years old. That's a whole rabbit trail we could go on. And yeah, I just saw your eyes. Yeah. So it was, and it wasn't 
it was just because that's what the women in my family did. Um, so yeah, it wasn't anything medical. It was just, Oh, I'm going to lose two pounds. I'm just going to diet. And so the journey to health coaching was because I got into exercise physiology, personal training, nutrition, all this stuff. But then when I would meet client, meet with clients and be going, okay, how'd your program go last week? You know, how'd your exercise or your nutrition or your stress management or whatever they were working on? Oh, well, I've not done it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now we need to dig into either what's going on between your ears or what's going on in your life and help you overcome that and figure this piece of it out so that you can actually stick with, to use the words you used in introducing me permanently, to make this be a permanent switch for you so that it's who you are. It's part of what you do and you love. And that's, that's the journey of how I got here. Mm -hmm. that, that's fascinating. You were that young and decided that you wanted to help. Well, do you, what, let's dig a little bit deeper yeah. though. What do you think that was? I really think it was my parents not hounding, but constantly probing so that it was always top of mind. And because my brother, who is six years older, five or six years older, they always ask him that. And even though he couldn't land on anything, it always kept it top of mind for him. And just it always kept piecing, putting the pieces of the puzzle together because it was like, oh, you like to do like my brother. It's like, OK, you like to do sports. You like playing. My parents for him yeah. were always like, how in the world are you going to make a living playing? Well, turns out the man is in the same field that I'm in, but he does work with athletes and he also oh. teaches some phys ed type courses in colleges. So I remember one day he was saying that, yeah, I took the whole badminton team and Frisbee golf team out today to do such and such. I'm like, well, he found a way to make a living playing. He did. He really did. Yeah. But it, wow. but it was because mom and dad were always you know, do you like this? And it, again, it wasn't in a pressured way. It was just curiosity and guiding. Mm -hmm. So you're both in the fitness industry. Mm -hmm. Totally different spectrums, but yes. Wow. Well, you said something about um, your clients coming back the following week and saying that they didn't do what you all had agreed upon they would do, right? The accountability was there, but it didn't happen. Right. And you said, what's going on between your ears? What, what did you mean by that? Yeah, yeah. So when somebody is having a, they, they're like, I'm committed, I'm going to do this. And then they come back a week later and they don't. That means either there's a block, a barrier in their environment, some challenge that we need to overcome, or it is a be limiting belief, or it is a... I am, I'm not enjoying this. So whatever it is that they've agreed to do, it's like, oh, well, it sounded really good on paper, but I don't enjoy doing it. And there's something in how they're thinking or what their identity is. And when we talk a little bit more about the why, I, I do want to talk some about the identity shift. I'll just go ahead and jump there now because it, it does relate to the yeah, what's between the ears. Yeah. When you... When you see yourself a certain way, when you have an identity as, um, well, okay, I'll use me with intuitive eating. So I used to see myself as a dieter because I dieted. And then when I began the journney of becoming an, intu an intuitive eater, I began to see myself differently. 
And so now, because I see myself as that, I'm going to fight for that identity. And by fight, I mean not fighting somebody else, but I'm going to fight discomfort or I'm going to fight a belief that says something different in my mind. One of the ways I describe this with exercise is if somebody has seen themselves as a sedentary person, they're too busy, they're too tired, they're too whatever, and so they don't get out and walk. They see themselves that way. Eventually, and I'll take you through the steps to get there. Eventually, when you begin to see yourself as somebody who exercises, that's your identity. Oh, it's 530 in the afternoon. I'm tired, but I'm a walker. And so you get off the sofa and you go walk because that's who you are. We, we do whatever we can in our brains to line up with how we see ourselves. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It makes perfect sense. And it's, I love that you said that because yesterday I had a long day at work. It's Friday, long day at work, meetings, all the things, right? And then six o'clock's rolling around and I'm done with my job for the day. And I was like, I would love to have a drink. And then I said, but you're training for a half marathon and you're an athlete. So right now, what are you going to do? You're going to go out and you're going to run at least a 5K on a Friday night. That's going to be your happy hour. Yes. Right? That's what I did because that is who I am. Yes, 100%. Right? That's important. It's part of my makeup now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is such a great so example, I Carla. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into the why. Oh, wait, one other thing, intuitive eating. Let's define that for people who may not know what that Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Thank you. Before. Thank you for circling back to that. Intuitive eating is, it's how we all ate as toddlers, as kids. It is away from counting this and counting that. It is listening to your body's cues, eating what you want, when you want it, but not in the sense of, oh, I'm in the mood for, you know, six burgers but it's listening to your body and it's like, okay, what does my body want right now? Am I truly physically hungry? At what point am I no longer hungry? It's listening to all of those cues. And I've got several episodes on my podcast if somebody wants to dive, okay. wants to dive deep into that. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's stick in the name of your podcast right here. Sure, absolutely. Real Wellness, R-E-A-L Wellness. And it's named that because okay. it's wellness for people in a real lifestyle. It's not some thing out there where, okay, we're going to all, you know, do all these crazy things. It's like, no, what can you do in your real lifestyle? Though, yes, it still can be challenging. Yes, at times it means at six o'clock on a Friday night, your happy hour is, is going to go run. Good job on that, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm slow. I'm super slow. And I saw this little post the other day and it said, it's not about the time. It's about the finish line. Oh, that's good. And I was like, listen, you got, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm at like a 15 minute mile. And I used to be at a 10 minute mile when I was in better shape and a little younger. And I was like, Carla, you're running. It might be at a tortoise pace, but you're out here and you're running at six o'clock on a Friday night. Yeah. So I, I like that little, little meme that I saw. And I was like, it's not about the time. Just finish over 5K and go ahead and do whatever you're going to do after that. So Yes, ma'am. I love it. Uh, I was proud of it. All right. So the why, how does it fit into shifting our habits? Okay. So I created a switch model through working with clients and all of my research and studies and stuff. It started falling into place to have 
the steps to making a habit switch, to making a lifestyle switch. So each of those letters stands for something. And one of the foundation pieces of that switch model is finding your why. And you're finding a why on a couple of different levels. Uh, you're finding a why on how many different reasons that you can have to, to want to do whatever this is. And then you're also finding some bigger whys within there. But it fits within this switch model that it's an essential component, it's a foundational component, but all the other pieces are critical as well. So if somebody says, you know, all I, all I have to have is my why, and then it'll just all fall into place. No, you need these other pieces as well. So just to quickly run through a few of them, like, so you need a team around you. You do need accountability. So that's what the T is. You do need a micro commitment. You do need, that's one of the C's, is a micro commitment that on those days that I don't care how big the why is, you're spent, you're exhausted. You know, for you, it's your example of going and running out the door. A micro commitment could be, well, you know what? I might not go run the, the five miles or whatever, or the three miles, but I'm at least going to put on my running shoes and go do a little bit of something, you know? So everybody's mm -hmm. micro commitment is going to be different. So there's all these pieces of the framework that the why is foundational to that everything builds on. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, did you go through all of that? I didn't go through all of them, but I will right? if you want me to. Like quickly. Yeah, absolutely. So the S is a seesaw between benefits and barriers. So benefits, those are the whys, and that's what we're going to get into today. That is the first step. If you don't have that, you ain't going to do the rest of it. You know, it's it's like you've got to have your why first. Uh, and then barriers is what are those challenges that you have? Some of them are practical. Some of them are the things, you know, going on between your ears. What are those challenges and overcoming those? Then the W is wow power versus willpower. We often think that we've got to have willpower to you know, just push through whatever this is. You can use that for a very short amount of time in very a few situations, but that is not going to get you to a habit. Um, so you want it to be wow power. You want it to be something you absolutely enjoy doing or find a way to make it super enjoyable overall. The I is immersion, and I'm going to circle back to this in a little bit and in, in a story that I thought of to illustrate on the why, but immersion is where your, your environment, you make it as easy as possible for you. Your immersion okay. is what you talked about on that meme. It is what are you doing to keep this top of mind? You're immersing yourself in your mind, in your relationships with, so like, let's say, all of your friends were going out and drinking all the time and you wanted to go run. You might need to go find a few new friends because who you're with right. is part of your environment. That's part of immersing yourself in this new habit. The T is team. I already mentioned that. The C comes in micro commitment so that you have one tiny little thing that you know you can do no matter what. And the H is hyper focus. If, if someone says, I want to be healthy, I want to live a wellness lifestyle, and they try to tackle everything about, you know, doing a gratitude practice, journaling, meditation, going for a run, stretching, doing yoga, doing strength training, uh, trying out several different types of ways. Of, it's like 
yeah, try that for a week. See how that works. No, it's not going to. So you pick one or two things. You hyper-focus on it for a short period. Once that begins to get easier, then you can layer in a next piece of it. So that is the switch model over, just quick, quick overview. Did you come up with that? Yes, ma'am. Wow. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And I, I especially love the immersive part. Is it immersion or immersive? Uh, immersion. Yeah. Because your circle of influence, it does end up influencing you at some point. Absolutely. It, it's going to. Yes. It's, it's going to. So I love that. All right. So how do you come up with a why? That's strong. Yeah. Yeah. The, I'll tell you, one of the stories I thought of was from a client who he, and, and the, how do you come up with it? it? This is exactly the process I did with him. And it's the process that I do with everybody. And those of you listening, do this with yourself. Just sit down with a sheet of paper and ask yourself, okay, what is it I'm wanting to do? And Carl, I'm going to use your example. Actually, we'll just, we'll, we're going to, are you okay if we do this a little bit with you right now? Okay. All the way in. All right. So on your running, wanting to get back into that a little bit, the first, so, okay, I want to get into running again. All right. So why is that? I actually love the feeling okay. after the run. Okay. Um, and I also want to drop some weight okay. because I've gained a significant amount of weight in my early fifties. I don't really know how it's all here, but it's mm-hmm. here. So that's part okay. of it. Okay. Yeah. And so then what we would do is we would take both of those things and go, why do you want to feel better? And why do you want to lose the weight? And we're, I'm not going to make you go any deeper than that. But then whatever those reasons are, we would simply ask why again. And there would be some point, some layer of the why that in your gut you go, that's it. Mm. So what are the example I was telling you, this gentleman I was we were coaching through this and it's one of the very first things I do with clients because it is foundational. And he wanted to get back into the gym to exercise three days a week. Okay, great. Why do you want to do that? Well, because I want to feel better and I want to have more energy. Okay. Well, why do you want to do that? So I can be more productive. He happened to be an entrepreneur that it was able to easily tie in for him how much energy and productivity he had to how, um, how much money he made. So then I ask him, well, why do you want to be more productive? Because, you know, productivity seems like a big enough why, but I didn't see that look on his face yet that said, this is it. So like, well, why do you want to be more productive? Well, so I can make more money. Okay. Why do you want to make more money? He's looking at me like, isn't that good enough? And I was like, no, why why do you want to make more money? And then he started getting quiet and reflective. And it wasn't just these top of the mind answers that everybody is going to give. And he goes, you know, Sherry, I've never told anybody this before, but I really want to buy a large plot of land, build all these homes on it that my family, my grandkids that aren't even here, my great grandkids, I'll probably never know. I'll, I'll, I just get chills thinking about it even right now. I'll always know that they have a place to go to to vacation together and come together for hundreds of years or that if something crazy happens in the economy, I know they'll always have a roof over their head. His eyes are tearing up as he's saying this and all that. And I looked at him and I was like, so now it's five o'clock in the afternoon and you're tired. Is your choice 
to go to the gym or not? And he's going, no, my choice is whether I want to leave this legacy for my family or not. Like, and if I don't lace up those sneakers, then my family doesn't get to have this yeah. thing. Yeah. Ah, that's so good. Yeah. And so that's so good because in my response to you, my response to your question to me, I was like, oh, that's good enough. It's not. Mm-hmm. Though. And it's, and it's where it's, it's not. Yeah. It, and it's where so many people stop. And that doesn't give you that kick in the gut in a good way, that kick in the gut to go, oh, I don't really feel like doing this today, but I want my family to have this legacy. Now, as strong as that why sounds, you do still need all the other parts of the switch model because there will be times that there's other things pulling on you and it's not top of mind. Like with the immersion, one of the things that came up for a client was her one of her whys and I say one of, I'm going to get into that in a second, but one of her whys was her grandkids. And for her, it was specifically to be able to get up and down off the floor for the next however many years and just have the energy that she wanted to have to interact with them. So for her, it was every morning, her intention was to get up and go walk. She would go from her bedroom to her sofa and lay down for just a minute to wake up slowly. I'm doing air quotes for those of you listening. And 30 minutes later, okay, now it's time to get ready for work. And you're laughing, Carla. I can see this, yeah. So, so I was like, okay, well, how can we use the switch model? And this was before I called it the switch model because this was when I just, I knew oh. the pieces of it. You know, it's like if the model formed yeah. over time as I worked with people and and did my research and stuff. And then eventually the model came about. So I was like, but how can we keep this top of mind? That was my actual question to her at the time. How can we keep this top of mind? And the idea came up of, well, I still need to wake up slowly. So I'm going to lay there on the sofa for a minute, but I'm going to line up on the coffee table pictures of all my grandkids. And so as I'm laying there, I'm immersed. I'm keeping top of mind what my reason is for doing this. And so now, instead of laying there for a half hour, it was lay there for two or three minutes and then get up and go walk. Do you think she eventually stopped laying there at all? Not as long as she trained with me. No, she always needed that little bit yeah. of time to, to wake up slowly. And that's okay. Everybody's body is different. There's no, your body doesn't care how it moves. It just wants to move. So mm-hmm. it was fine that she needed to, to wake up slow. I love this. You you said that uh, one of her whys. So yes. People have two whys. Um, there are, when you're doing your whys, there's two buckets of whys that I want you to do. One is hmm. you list as many, I, I call it going wide. You list as many possible benefits to this habit as you can think of. Most of them are going hmm. to be generic, like, you know, weight loss okay. or feel better or whatever. And that's totally fine. Then as you look at that list, then you begin to go, which one of those resonates with me the most? And those are the ones that you dig deeper and deeper and deeper into. But you're always going to have all these reasons. And as an example, you said weight loss is one of the goals for you. So you do all this. You've lost the weight that you want to lose. Now you've reached that goal. That motivation is now no longer motivating. You need a different reason. And so you're constantly going back to that. What's my motivation for doing this? And sometimes it's things that pop up unexpectedly. I've been 
I've lifted weights pretty much my whole life. And I've been either a walker or a little bit of running or something like that. And on my big why list is prevent osteoporosis. Doesn't run in my family. It's just, I know it's one of the benefits to being physically active. Then about seven years, six, seven years ago, I wake up one morning and my left eye is all wavy weird down in one corner. Doesn't go away. Yeah, it was really weird. So it's like, it doesn't go away. So I was like, okay, so it's not a sty in my eye. It's not pink. You know, it's not something I'm used to. So I went to my eye doctor and he said, your optic nerve is extremely swollen. Um, What happened Mm. is that that night and totally freak. It was just that my blood pressure dropped significantly and the optic nerve needed more blood flow. And so then it created its own pressure and expanded to be able to do that. That's the best way I layman's, I know how to explain it. But what it meant was he said to get this to go down so you don't lose vision, we do one of two things. Either we wait and see, like, I don't like that option. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what else do we have? <laughs> and he said, well, the other one is that we put you on mega high dose steroids for a few weeks to bring down the inflammation. Mm-hmm. He said, but from a a medical standpoint, that can get pretty dangerous as high as I'm putting you from like osteoporosis standpoint. He said, but because you lift weights, because you run, because you walk, I'm not worried about that for you. Hmm. And so suddenly do it. You were already. Yeah, exactly. And so that was suddenly that why that was very generic became extremely personal to me. So, mm-hmm. you know, you always want to have this why list, this whole big list of benefits that's like, oh, I'm doing this and I'm getting these hundred benefits from it. And then there are also these two or three that are really my big motivators right now. Are you feeling stressed, overwhelmed, or just in need of a little self-care? Are you ready to embark on a journey of healing and self-discovery? Well, the Journal Journey Travel Set by Beautiful Intentions is here to help. Curated thoughtfully by a mental health expert, this set harnesses the proven benefits of journaling, reducing stress, enhancing mood, fostering self-awareness, and advancing healing. With a beautifully crafted journal, premium creative tools, and a guide to maximize your practice, your journal journey travel set is certain to launch you into a wellness revolution that promises you the peace and tranquility that you deserve wherever life takes you. It's time to prioritize your emotional well-being and begin your healing journey today. Visit mybeautifulintentions.com and use the code GYSBTALKS for an exclusive offer. The Journal Journey Travel Set, your gateway to a healthier, happier, more beautiful you. Do you set rewards with your clients? I encourage them to set rewards. Absolutely. It's eat the frog, chase it with a reward. If you're familiar with Brian Tracy of, you know, it's like any task that you don't necessarily want to do, you go ahead and get it done. It's called eating the frog because it's like you've got a plate of food and there's a frog on it. And, you know, you have to, you have to eat the frog at some point. Yeah. Um, So yeah, absolutely. Rewards are a piece of that. And rewards are one of the things that can help make it a wow power. You remember how I was talking about willpower versus wow power. Mm -hmm. 
sometimes the enjoyment is in the thing itself. And sometimes the enjoyment is, okay, once I have, I'll keep using your running as an example, you know, once I have done my running consistently for a month, I'm going to go treat myself to a new blouse or a manicure or whatever. Yeah. I love self-care rewards. Um, I used to do these challenges years ago where um, I would have a jar and it was, uh, it was either like a new sneaker jar, new, new pair of sneakers jar or day jar jar. And so every time I would complete something, maybe it was for the day or maybe for, for the week, I'd put money in there. And that when that money got to where I needed it to be, I would go and treat myself to a spa day or a new pair of sneakers or some sort of workout, cute little workout gear or something like that. It was fun. It was really fun. Carla, that's genius. And the, the other thing I love about the example you just gave is there's no punishment involved. Meaning if you missed a day, it wasn't like anything was taken away from you. It's just, okay, I'm that, it just takes me a little bit longer to get to my reward. That's okay. I really, really like that. I'm stealing that idea, by the way. I really like that. I'm actually going to put that back into my little thing to do because uh, I I need a new pair of sneakers though. Let's talk about. Okay. Well, if it's something you need, go ahead and get it. Like, you know, if you, if, if it's going to hurt your knees or your ankles, not to have a new pair of sneakers. Yeah. Go ahead and buy a new pair of sneakers. Yeah, no, I, I have a pair, but I I just like cute sneakers, so I need a new cute little pair. Of sneakers. Oh, okay, okay. Um, self reflection and mindfulness. Um, that was something that uh, I wanted us to talk about. Um, how does mindfulness play into what you teach with your clients? Mm, I love that. Um, mindfulness. Te- mindfulness plays in a couple of ways. One is the reflection, I've got a couple of questions that I want to ask people to ask themselves. And anytime that you are being reflective, that is going to to be a mindfulness practice for you. Um, The other piece of the mindfulness is being mindful of your why and visualizing. Mm -hmm. And in fact, that's one of the kind of action items. I'm just going to go ahead and jump to this. One of the action items I was going to suggest for, for everybody listening is taking a moment each day and visualizing two things. One, the end result that you want, but also visualize yourself doing it. Hmm. Visual, visualize yourself running because sometimes if I'm not in the mood for, you know, eating a certain way or exercising a certain way or something, just taking 60 seconds and seeing myself do it. And I'm closing my eyes and actually physically feeling this in my body right now of, okay, what does it feel like in my body after I've gone walking? And I'm, I start bringing up some of that sensation. It then I'm like, oh, I want more of that. Okay. I'm going to go for my walk or I'm going to go lift weights or I'm going to go do whatever it is somebody's wanting to do. And you know what the important thing is with that is making sure that after your run or after your walk, you are taking it all in. It's like when I go and travel, like, so I can put myself, like I went to the Almafi coast in last September, right? So I can put myself back in Capri on that boat with my sister and my friend any day. I can put myself at my villa, jumping rope out. I can, I can feel it. Because when I was doing it and afterwards, I took it all in. And I think it's so important that people take it all in. 
when you're going for a walk in the morning and you're smelling the fresh air, as fresh as the air can be in LA, and you're looking at the flowers and you're like really feeling how your body and your spirit is feeling at that time, you can go back to that and you can say, I want to feel that right now. I know I don't really feel like running. Yes. I know I don't really feel like walking before my nine o'clock meeting, but I remember how I felt when I did. And I remember how great my meeting is, my meetings can be when I do the walk before work. Right. So it's, yes. you got to feel it. You got to feel it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That mindfulness during, and I love your thought of also then, because too many times in this world, we rush from one thing to the other. That's like, okay, I just went and ran or walked at this gorgeous park. And then you're jumping right back in your car and running off to the next thing. It's like, no. And here's the thing. People think I don't have time for that. It's literally an awareness mm. of as you're standing there for 15 seconds, drinking some water after your walk or your run, bring your mind to the present moment. And as to use your phrase that I love is take it in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Take it in. Yep. What, so, you know, you're talking about like the uh, immersion and all of that and talking about circle of influence when it comes to somebody who is trying to make these lifestyle changes and they have a big family, maybe they're a wife and, or a husband and they have three kids. Everybody else is like, I ain't trying to do that. I'm trying to do my own thing. How do you mm -hmm. either get your family on board or how do you stay focused on your personal goals, your lifestyle goals when other people are not about that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love this because it comes up all the time with my clients because they're sometimes the spouse is on board. Sometimes there's kind of three buckets. Sometimes the spouse is on board. That's ideal. Sometimes the spouse is not on board, but they're not resenting. They're just like, you know, you go do you. I'm going to sit here and watch my show or whatever and not do this. And then other times they can be like clashing and resentful. Normally when that happens, there's something else going on in the relationship. And I'm like, that's between you guys. Hmm. I'm not a marriage therapist. You guys work that out. Um, but when it's just, I don't have the support in the sense of, you know, my spouse is, you know, cause like, let's, let's say this, I, I where a spouse is saying, you go do you, but I'm not necessarily going to go do it with you. But if they're supportive enough, then you can have a conversation of, well, for me to go do this means somebody's got to get the kids to bed on time and it's not going to be me. So how do we create a win-win around this? Sometimes it is, I want, and sometimes it's about sharing that why, hmm. and that sometimes sharing that why will help get them on board because if it's, okay, the why is that I want to be able to have this plot of land for our family going forward. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You might not want to go to the gym with me, but let's make sure that the kids are taken care of so I can go do this so that we can have this dream. Sometimes it's what other types of help that need to be brought in. So let's say a spouse is like, nope, I'm not going to help. Okay, cool. That means I might need to have a nanny come in. I might need to have a house cleaner come in every other week so that I can then go take care of me. Cause the, the, that's one of the things with the why is there's an old saying that when the why is big enough, the how will appear. Hmm. And I worked in cardiac rehab for several years and it was always blew my mind. And this is one reason immersion and all of these other parts of the switch model are so important is 
and people would come into cardiac rehab, a man or a woman, either one. And at that moment, Carla, the why was massive. This person had just been in the hospital right. with a heart attack. Right. And so they changed, their family changed, everybody changed to get this going. But within six months period, if they didn't have these other components in place, the intensity of that why would wear off. Mm -hmm. And so they need they needed to be able to keep that why top of mind or find some other whys that were more positive, that weren't fear-based whys. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, you know, what what else can be some motivation for doing this? And then what other supports do we need to put in place? And some of that is around what else can family do? And if family can't specifically do, then what can be hired in? One of the, another old phrase, I loved this phrase the first time I heard it. Only do what only you can do. Only what? Only, only do what only you can do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Only Carla can go for her run on Friday night for mm -hmm. herself. Mm -hmm. Somebody else can meal prep for you. Somebody else can clean your house. Somebody else can get, you know, pick up the kids from school. Somebody else can do a whole lot of stuff, but only you can take care of your own health. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you ever have uh, situations where it's not about the spouse not wanting to pitch in and help with the kids, but it's more of a, I don't want to use this word, but I don't know another word, sabotage? Like, I don't want to eat that. I want to go to Ruth Chris and get a steak. I don't want to go get salad. I don't, you know what I mean? Like that person mm -hmm. wants to stay where they are with their eating. They're happy with it. And maybe they're not, you know, healthy. Maybe they're overweight. And you want to do something different, but the way that you guys have always done life together is that you've both been this mm -hmm. way. Now you want to do mm -hmm. just over here, but they're not wanting to switch. So have you had yeah. that? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking particularly of a couple right now that it was actually the husband, the wife, and the wife's mother okay. who lived next door. Okay. And they had always been a donut eating family. Well, there is nothing wrong with donuts. I'm a certified intuitive eating counselor. You want to go have your donut, go have your donut, but savor it and stop when you're satisfied. That was not how they ate donuts. They would just sit down and chow on a whole bunch of donuts and not even pay attention to them. So the husband was the one who was making the shift. The wife and the mother-in-law they weren't resisting in the sense of telling him not to make a switch. But when he would say, mom, don't bring over the donuts on Saturday morning. I'm not at the stage yet where I can have them around and not eat yeah. a dozen of them, you know. And she would ignore that and bring them over anyway. See, I think that's disrespectful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, because because I'm not a, a, a marital therapist or a family therapist, I'm not going to like get in the midst of that and give him exactly what to do. It was, and actually a therapist wouldn't give you exactly what to do anyway, because everybody's situation is slightly different, but it was then coaching him through what in your situation is how you can handle this. You know, what do you need to do? Because your why is still big. What, you know, and so for, for those situations, it's, you know, I'm going to go to Starbucks and work. Yeah. And so he'd take his laptop and leave. Yeah. Um. Or, and then when he would get home and they'd still be sitting there and everybody else would be gone, he would go ahead and throw them in the trash kind of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it was just, a, it was a lot of conversations. You know, it's not one, the thing is, 
I wish there was a magic bullet in those conversations. Yeah. But there's not. It's just conversations working through here's what's important to me. Here's why it's important to me. Here's how it's going to benefit you. You know, what, and, and if they're open to it, you know, what is it? Is there something you're afraid of? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and just talking through it and being willing to talk through it. Yeah. And then whatever they're not willing to change, like any kind of boundaries work, that's what we're talking about in essence is boundaries is how do I protect myself even in the midst of this? And if that is, I'm going to go to a coffee shop and hang out until they've left the kitchen and I can throw them away or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of couples go through this, you know, um, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm single, I've been single for a really long time, but I'm very particular. Like I, I want to, if I'm going to be in a relationship with somebody at some point, they need to already be active. They need to already have that sort of lifestyle because I'm not, yes. I'm not going to try to get you there. That's just right where I am at this point in my life. Maybe if I were younger, but you already need to be there because it's such a huge barrier, you know, to how I would mm -hmm. like to live my life and how I want to move through life. And one of the reasons why I like to stay active is because when I travel, I like to do active things. I like to yes. explore. I like to hike volcanoes and other countries. Like I like to do those things. And the only way I can do those things is if I'm healthy enough to do those things. Yeah. And if I want to do yeah. those things with a partner, you got to already come at least with the mindset that, living right. the life right this way is important to you so yeah you know. oh I, I when i got when i got remarried i had a list of five non-negotiables <laughs> and one of them was that they had to have a health and wellness bent yeah. they didn't have to do it the same way i did it exactly but they had i i yeah they had to have that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is there anything that you wanted to discuss that we haven't discussed yet um, yes, actually, I want to give people a realistic view on sh switching habits. And then also just cause some quick takeaways, some questions that people can ask themselves and things they can do. All right. Uh, is there anything that just, you know, that you feel like, oh, wow, I've wanted to ask this, but I'm, you know, leery of, I mean, is there anything else that you need to ask? No, no, no. Nope. Okay. All right. So giving, giving you and everybody a a realistic time frame. A lot of times people ask, how long does it take to switch a lifestyle habit? Mm -hmm. And Carl, I'm just going to go ahead and put you on the spot. What have you heard in the, how long it takes to switch a habit? So I've heard, of course, the 21 days. Uh -huh. um, I've also heard the 60 days uh -huh. and 90 days. That's, okay. all, that's what I've heard. So so I love that you've heard different things because that definitely shows us that there's a lot of different research out there. Mm -hmm. The 21 days came from some initial research on habits. And what they found was that for, not for like a full-blown lifestyle habit where you're going from being sedentary and living on junk food to being a health nut, you know, two total, two total extremes, but just for any particular small habit, mm -hmm. 21 days, there were some people who made a switch in 21 days, some people who made a switch in 30, some 45, some 60, and so forth. But media, being media, caught on to the 21 days. Yeah. And that's what got then fed into mainstream many, many years ago of, oh, it only takes 21 days to make a that's habit. Well, that's for some people and some habits. What we see consistently 
in all the literature is meaning all the like the scientific research stuff. When you're looking at a lifestyle switch to permanence, mm -hmm. where then it's a no brainer, don't have to think about it. It's hardwired. It's who I am. You've gone from Carla who exercises to Carla the exerciser. You've shifted your identity. It's at the six month mark that you have fully, yes, ma'am. It's at the six month mark, you fully made that switch. Now that does not mean that it's hard every single day between day one yeah. and six months. It gets easier and easier and easier. But the reason for that I have found is we talked about these challenges that come up, these conversations with family that need to happen. These, um, you know, oops, during the, during the summer months, the kids are at home. There's one rhythm and routine. When they're in school, there's another rhythm and routine. There's so much that goes on to, into a lifestyle that it takes six months, not only to rewire the brain, but also to, to figure out all the little barriers and, and challenges that are going to come up and finding solutions for all those. Sure. So that then at the six month mark, you're going, oh, okay, this is who I am. The challenges have been overcome. It's just who you are at that point. Mm -hmm. So I don't say that to discourage at all because the six months are going to come and go either way. I say that to say, make sure you've got your support system in place for longer than you think you need. Mm -hmm. Make sure you've got enjoyment built in for longer than you think you need. Make sure you're hyper-focusing on something for, this is where the 21 days comes in really nice. It's okay, I'm going to hyper-focus on drinking water when I first get up in the morning. Do that for two or three weeks as that begins to get easier. Now I'm going to start meal prepping, you know, mm -hmm. so it's, you can build in things so that at the end of six months, it's all switched. Thoughts, questions on that? I absolutely love that. When I started my health and fitness journey in 2008, um, I needed to lose a lot of weight because um, I was in an unhealthy relationship where I gained a significant amount of weight. It took it took quite a while because my son was younger. He's 23 now, but this was years ago, like 14 yeah. years ago. Um, and he was in school. He was in basketball. He was uh, he had uh, some science stuff in the evening at one point. And so I had to decide, like, how am I going to stay consistent with the things that I promised myself that I was going to do? And that's why mm -hmm. general fitness is so important to me, because it was something that I tried because I tried all these different things along the way. Like, what do I like? What's going to call me when I, when I want to work out? Yes. So I found the things that call me and jump rope was one of the things, but it was a really good tool for me because it was easy. It was portable. It was while he was, you know, at the science thing or while he was at basketball, I could go outside and jump rope. I didn't need a lot of space. love it. And so the excuses I couldn't really have a lot of excuses. There could always be a jump rope in my car and there could always be sneakers in my car, right? In my little headband to catch the yeah. sweat, whatever. And so yeah. you just have to work it out and you have to make decisions and choices that are not always fun because there were other moms at basketball practice who I wanted to chat with. But I was like, mm -hmm. I have goals that I'm trying to achieve. Sometimes I'd sit with them. Sometimes I would go work out. And eventually over time, like you said, it takes time. I started to opt for the workouts, right? Love I it. To opt for that. Um, meal prepping, same thing. So I love what you're saying because it's something that I've already done years ago and it works. 
but it does take yes. time. It does take time. And yeah. there are these different seasons that you go through six months, a year or whatever. It may take people longer than six months because we've got all these different things happening throughout the year and the seasons. And, you know, people may not live in sunny California like I do, where there's always an opportunity pretty much to go outside and work out. I'm from Oklahoma. You can't go run in the snow in the winter. Yeah. You got to figure it out. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. What you're saying makes perfect sense. One of the clients years ago that, and this was when I had just learned about the six month, it's called the drop-off adherence curve is the technical term for it. The and I had just learned about this. Curve. Yep. Okay. So yeah, everybody is adherent day one and then you have a drop-off and it's a curve that it's pretty steep and it levels out at the six month mark. And I was talking with a client and she had been a client. And then anyway, long story short, we were at the same gym. She came in and she came up to me and she was like, this six month thing is real. I'm like, okay, that's what the literature says, but I'm just now experiencing this with clients. Tell me what you mean. She had always been an on again, off again exerciser. She had just gotten back from a very long, like two week or something business trip that completely threw her routine out the window. Nothing was the same. Yeah. She said she came in on Sunday she packed her workout bag for the next day. She packed her work bag for the next day and she packed her lunch for that next day. She goes to work. She does her thing at work. She comes to the gym, changes, is in the middle of her workout when she realizes I'm at the gym. Hmm. I didn't have any post-it notes reminding me. I didn't have any notifications remind I'm here. She said, I've made the switch. It's now who I am. I've switched I'll use you again. You know, I've switched from Carla who works out to Carla. You know, it's, it's your identity. It's who you are. She's like, and I said, well, how long ago did you start? And we looked back and she's like, it was about six, six and a half months prior that she'd started the journey. And now there was her proof that, yeah, it's a no, it, at that point, it was, it was like brushing her teeth. Mm -hmm. It was just what she did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Perfect. And did you have a, you had, so yeah. Yeah, I've got a couple of to-dos and a couple of questions. Um, so the three questions to ask yourself as you're thinking about finding your why is what is staying stuck costing you? Mm. Another one is what is the best I can experience when I live this? So that's kind of that benefits question, but at a whole nother level of just, just let your imagination go wild of what's the absolute best that I can experience when I'm running on a regular basis to use yours. And then who is positively impacted by my choice? Outside of yourself? Outside of yourself. So who else is positively impacted? So, so it's like for you, it's your son is positively impacted. Your eventual grandkids, great grandkids, they're positively impacted. Your workmates are positively impacted because you've even mentioned it. I show up at better at meetings when I've already done a little bit of walk in the morning or something. So those are three questions to ask yourself. And then also three things to do. And this is um, just kind of a reminder of some things we've already talked about. One is to make that list of as many things as you can think of. Go wide, but then also go deep, making it personal. Keep asking yourself why. Another thing to do is to think of how can you immerse yourself in that why. Do you need pictures, post-it notes, 
um, reminders going off on your phone with little things that say, you know, you're doing this because blank, you know, whatever it is for you to immerse yourself in that. And then the third is to ask yourself those three questions that I just shared. So good. So good. I love it. One, uh, one question I have for you. Um, I asked two questions of my guests before they leave. Uh, one bucket list thing that you have to do before you leave this earth. Number one, you got, you have to do this. Wow. Boy, I'll be honest, that's hard. I mean, not that I don't want to keep doing, oh gosh, do I really have to share this one? Okay. But I'm going to, I'm going to be vulnerable. Um, this is, this is actually related to my business and I don't share this with many people, but I'm going to share it with you and your listeners because you're awesome is in my business. One of my visions is I want to be able to have a conference with 2000 or more women and men who are, who are wanting to do what we've just talked about, where they're saying, I've been kind of off and on struggling with things. I'm ready to make this switch. And that all the resources, because when I speak, I don't like, like if I'm at a conference speaking, I like the fact that I've got my lane, my expertise, and then other people are coming in with their expertise in their lanes. And to be able to have a conference that all these different health and wellness experts are there and everybody's getting whatever resources that they need to then launch into their lifestyle or take their lifestyle to the next level. That's, that's a bucket. That's, that's not just a bucket list. I'm determined that that's going to happen. I was going to yeah. say that talking to you today, that's easy. That's going to happen. I can't say when only you can determine that, but it's definitely going to happen. I cannot yeah. wait. I cannot wait yeah. for that for you. Uh, last and then question. your second question. Last question is uh, GYSB stands for get your sexy back, right? When you first heard the word sexy, whatever age, what did it mean to you? And what does it mean to you now? How has it evolved? Okay, it's gone through three stages. Oh. One was the Victoria's Secret model version of sexy. Um, then there then there was the sexy of I can't believe that my boss is using that word. Because my boss, this was when I was at Vanderbilt Medical Center. He was a very I'm cons I'm fairly conservative. He was very, very conservative as far as thinking and you know, kind of how we approach life type of thing. And so here he is, you know, buttoned up, you know, personality. And because sexy was, a, was the, the buzzword at that time, you know, we were working on a project and he was like, yeah, that's not going to fly because that's not very sexy. And I'm just like, what? Because at that time I was still picturing the, you know, Victoria's Secret version of sexy. Yeah. And I'm going, I'm sorry, you are, you're, you're very buttoned up. That doesn't feel right coming from you. Um, but now... Now it's really more of balance between the two of it's, it's, you're feeling good about you. You're, it's more of a confidence thing. It's more of the, you walk into, uh, okay, this is going to be totally, totally hundred percent stereotypical. So anybody out there from France listening, I apologize. Okay. But when I think of a woman from France walking into a room, she's not necessarily exuding the, um, you know, go to bed with me type of sexy. It's the, I know who I am. Hope you like it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. Good example. I love it. 
if if people want to stay connected to you, I'm sure they will want to after this episode. Can you tell us how? And of course, I'll put the information in the show notes. But if someone's just listening, how do they get connected to you the best way? Oh, I love it. Love it. Um, I love connecting with people on Instagram. If you are in the, and that is the Vireo Life on Instagram. If you are more in the business world, I hang out a lot on LinkedIn. So you can reach me there, Sherry Traxler, S-H-E-R-I-T-R-A-X-L-E-R. And then my website is The Vireo Life. And I'm just say this real quick, because this goes kind of with the, the GYSB, is Vireo, when I was coming up with the name for my business, my trademark guy was like, what you have is not going to fly. You've got to find something else. So I dug and dug and dug, and I found this word. It's either Greek or Latin, Vireo. And my mother, having been an English teacher, was all about, is this first person, second person, third person? Vireo is in first person, and it means I flourish, I thrive, I am strong and active. So anybody, anytime anybody says the name of my business, they are calling over themselves. They are speaking over themselves that they flourish, they thrive, they're strong and active. And I'm just like, yes, that's the name of it. Um, So yes, thevireolife.com is my website. And then my podcast is Real Wellness. And actually you do on YouTube too. So my YouTube channel is Vireo Life. So V-I-R-E-O Life. V-I-R-E-O? Mm-hmm. I'll put that all in the show notes. And if anybody wants to stay connected to Carla, me, G-Y-S-B, I am on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok at G-Y-S-B Movement. Love for you to follow there. And also, please, we are always uh, welcoming you to turn on your notifications and follow here at G-Y-S-B Talks. Um, And spread the word. If this episode resonates with you, please share it out on your social media sites and with your network of people. You can text them the link. All those things work and have them to subscribe to the channel. That would be amazing. Um, If you want to email me, I can be found at gysbmovement at gmail.com. And until then, I think that's it. Sherry, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. Yes, it was a joy. It was fun. All right, everybody, until next time, take care. Bye. All content on this podcast and any linked blog, podcast, webinar, course, or video material is created and produced for informational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health advice. The information is general and may not be suitable for your personal circumstances or complete health objectives. Do not use this content as a standalone resource to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease for therapeutic purposes or as a substitute for the advice of a health professional. Never delay seeking advice or disregard the advice of a medical professional based on our content here on this podcast. If you have questions or concerns about your health or medical condition, please seek guidance from a medical professional.